Welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And if you're not already, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Follow the Press Coverage Podcast Twitter account at PressCov Podcast. Tons of content. I've been slacking on the lately. I've been so busy, y'all. Um, but I'm going to get it going again, get it popping. I know people want to see some matchups. I threw that out there. You know, wide receiver, defensive back matchups. If you haven't, go to the Twitter account and you'll see, uh, should be near the top. It's Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore, both games from last season. Terrific battle. Check that out. I'll put some more stuff up there. I know I, I think I have one on there. Devontae Adams, yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams against Xavier Rhodes. So, yeah, tons of stuff. And I'll be going more in depth, especially once the season comes. But right now, as you've probably heard everyone say on every football podcast, it's a downtime. So I just wanted to get some questions going. I got some good questions that allow me to kind of go in depth, and I'm going to answer them all on this show. All right, so first question from my guy 49er Mike. Mike is from Nothing But Niners. Great, guys. If you're not following Nothing But Niners, uh, follow the Twitter account. Follow them on YouTube. they got tons of you know player interviews. Great guys uh, with my guy Mike, my guy Nick, man, and so many more guys. So many more guys are part of it. It's kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, it's a never-ending list of people, but so many great dudes are part of that stuff, man. Uh, myself included. I, I rock with those dudes. Uh, those are my guys, man. But um, my guy Mike, uh, nothing but Niners. His question, best receiver in DB in each division? And I was like, man. That's actually a pretty good question. So I, I'll talk a little bit about it. All right. Um, we'll start with the uh, the AFC East. Cornerback and receiver. Number one corner. I don't think this is any shock at all. Stephon Gilmore. Dude, and, and I'll get more into the Patriots secondary, but Stephon Gilmore, man, his, his versatility um, to be able to play inside, outside, shadow guys. You saw what he did to Cooks in the Super Bowl. I mean, just smothered them. Everywhere Cooks lined up, Stephon Gilmore was right there lined up across from him. You know, just a true, true, true CB1. Now, he did have a uh, not-so-good game against Corey Davis. And I know I did a thread on that game. Corey Davis kind of had his way with Stephon Gilmore that game. But outside of that, man, I mean, Gilmore, he, he's as good as he gets when it comes to just having a corner that can travel and play inside, play outside. Um, there are other guys that, you know, they had that same type of talent. Jason Verrett, you know, he's coming off of an injury. But but when Verrett in his prime, man, <laughs> he was good like that too. Can play inside, outside. You got Casey Hayward, who doesn't do it as much in the scheme that he's in. But he, he was another one that, you know, he's another one that's pretty good like that. But Stephon Gilmore, best corner in the AFC East. Uh, receiver, AFC East. It's got to be Edelman. I mean, and... I don't know if it's Edelman by default or if it's just Edelman because he's that good. Does Brady make him good? Is it the scheme? I, I don't know. He, he's But he's been very consistent over his career. Tons of big uh, catches in the playoffs and Super Bowls, just big games. He had that amazing, amazing catch against the Falcons in the Super Bowl where, like, the ball almost hit the ground and it was, like, bouncing off people's feet and helmets. And somehow he put his, like, pinky finger right underneath it and kept the ball from hitting the ground. Yeah, amazing play, but uh, Edelman, I I think he's kind of overlooked a little bit. I I don't know if it's because he's white and and short and plays in the slot and, you know, people don't think highly of slot receivers like that. Um, And when they do talk about some, 
his name isn't the one that comes up. So Julian Edelman, man, I think he's the best receiver in the AFC East. And I mean, what other receivers are there? You have the Dolphins. They have. Do they still have Kenny Stills? They got Devontae Parker, but he hasn't really, you know, lived up to the expectations. Um, you have the receivers over in Buffalo. I mean, I guess Zay Jones, who I, I like. We'll see. Zero three coming up for him. And then you have the receivers in New York with the Jets. Uh, Quincy Anunua, uh, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, none, none of those guys. So, yeah, it, it's got to be Julian Edelman. All right. And then now to go over to the NFC East, best corner uh, in that division, I'd say Byron Jones. All right. Now, uh, Giants, no. Redskins, no. There's just nobody. Uh, who was it? Uh, Philadelphia, ah, Darby, okay. I mean, there's just nobody else really in that division like that as far as cornerbacks go. But Byron Jones, to me, had a top three season last year. And if he does it again, I, I think he'll be – I think he's a little slept on. I think he's a little slept on. That's two guys, Edelman, now Byron Jones. I, I think he's just a little slept on. It might be because of the interception numbers. He had zero last year. And when you don't have any interceptions, that that's kind of what people put their stock into, like – when they talk about the shutdown corner, but dude was legit. Smothered receivers had a tough time against uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but outside of that, man, I mean, he he made it really tough on receivers. So Byron Jones, best cornerback in the NFC East, and best receiver. I mean, I don't know if it, look, Patriots had the you know their the best corner, the best receiver. Now the Cowboys have the best corner, best receiver, and the best receiver in the NFC East is Amari Cooper, who just fell into their lap. Uh, you know, getting traded away from the Raiders. You don't see a lot of times um, guys just get traded in their prime and be young, 24, 25 years old. And, you know, now he's on a new team and, and kind of flourishing. But outside of them, I mean, again, who else is kind of in the NFC East? You do have Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. But yeah, that doesn't do it for me. So, yeah, Amari Cooper. All right, moving on to the AFC and NFC North. Uh, cornerbacks from the AFC North. This was kind of hard because they don't have a guy that's just really, like, solidify themselves as that guy. But they do have a few guys that I mentioned, all right? So you have Denzel Ward, who's a rookie. So it's like, how much stock do I put into a, a rookie playing well for one year? And he missed some time with injury, I, I believe. I, I don't think it was too much time, but I know he missed uh, a little bit of time with, with an injury, like a back injury or something like that. So um, you had Denzel Ward. You have uh, William Jackson, who I think is slept on. I think he's really good. And then you have Marlon Humphrey, who um, he had a strong year. So, yeah, I, I don't know from the NFC, from the AFC North. Any of those three guys, I'd probably lean with, like, who would I want? Mm, Denzel Ward. All right. And now uh, the receiver. At first I had a different guy because I forgot this guy was in the division. <laughs> I think I had, like, it was either um, Juju Smith. I had Juju Smith or A.J. Brown. And I was like, wait a minute. This dude, Odell Beckham, is over there. All right, so Odell Beckham, king of the AFC North now as a receiver. And um, to move over to the NFC side, uh, this is easy. Number one corner in the NFC uh, North, Darius Slay. That was an easy one. And uh, number one receiver in the NFC North, which was a little harder because you have the guys in Minnesota. Uh, but I'd say right now if I just had to choose one guy, it would be Devontae Adams. Now, AFC and NFC South, I'll start with the AFC. Corner, Jalen Ramsey, no argument there. Receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, no argument there. 
And now moving on to the, I'm not even going to talk about that. You guys know. All right. Now moving over to the NFC South, Marshawn Lattimore. All right. And again, you have Tampa Bay and then nobody there. You have the Saints DBs, which Marshawn Lattimore comes from. Yeah. Marshawn Lattimore. All right. Uh, AFC and NFC West. All right. AFC West, NFC West. Corner from the AFC West. Again, just, I don't know. There's just no real corners like that in the AFC West. So I went with Casey Hayward. Um, Chris Harris Jr. You, you can make an argument for him. He had a, a, I think he had an injury. Um, but yeah, Chris Harris, you can make an, an argument for him, but I'm going to go with Casey Hayward. And then the receiver, he just got traded over there. So Antonio Brown, for sure, got to be the receiver from the uh, AFC West. Now, NFC West, Patrick Peterson, I, I, I think he's still the best guy. Now, he's low-key a cheater. <laughs> you know, he just got suspended for PEDs. Um, if it's not Patrick Peterson, it's like, damn, who do you pick in the NFC West? Uh, Marcus Peters. He's made a lot of big plays, but he gets dogged. Um, Richard Sherman? No, no, no. He's on one leg. Uh, yeah, Patrick Peterson. All right. And then the receiver from NFC West, this was hard. It's like, who the hell is in the NFC West? You have Larry Fitzgerald. Outside of him, it's just a bunch of guys who are kind of, I don't know. So who I said was the best was Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I think it would be easy to say Doug Baldwin, but he's not playing anymore. He retired. I could have went with Fitzgerald, but I'd say, like, you know, if it was a guy right now that I would want from the NFC West and as a receiver, it would probably be Tyler Lockett. Now, hopefully, uh, you know, a guy like Debo, Samuel comes out of that. You do have um, DK McCaff, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what, you know, that turns into. But right now, I would say Tyler Lockett. Uh, next question from Johnny Jones. All right, he said, explain why so many corners never get their heads turned around to look for the ball. Hard to make plays when you can't see it, right? Yeah, okay, so so getting your head around, man, it, it's it's a feel thing, okay? Uh, what you'll hear me say a lot of times is you have to be in phase, all right? Now, now being in phase basically means um, I have the receiver controlled or I'm in a position to where now he's in arm's reach, uh, reach or I can touch him. And once I can touch him, I can look back. If I can't touch the receiver, I, I I can't look back. At least that's what I teach. If you can't touch the receiver, especially a man-to-man, don't look back. Because once you look back, you're going to slow down because you run faster looking straight ahead than you do looking back. All right, so if I can't touch him, I can't lean on him, I have to continue to kind of look straight and just try to play through the hands. Because I promise you, man, especially – and there's a huge timing thing too. And, and some people just naturally have it, and some people really have to work on it. All right, but, I mean, if you get your head around late, that ball's going to drop in there right when you turn your head. You're going to turn your head, then boop, ball drops in there, and you never, you'll never see it. So um, it has to do with timing, and it has to do with being in phase. And that's why sometimes you'll see a corner get his head around extremely well, and it's like, man, how come he doesn't do that all the time? It, it's all about – it's a field thing, man. And some people just naturally have it. Some people have to work on it. But if you don't feel comfortable, you're not going to see them get their head around. All right, so I hope that uh, answers your question. All right, here we go. Uh, next question from my guy, Jerome. I actually played uh, arena ball with my guy, Jerome. Uh, great dude. Funny. Call him Mighty Mouse. But um, he said uh, his question was, oh, you guys can follow him at Rome the Writer. He actually has a book out, Rome's Randomness. All right, um, so excluding Deion Sanders, who are your top five corners to watch? All right, now, 
I really, I mean, outside of like growing up, I, I haven't went back and studied uh, Deion Sanders. Okay, so I'm right now who I'm going to talk about, the guys I'm going to talk about are guys who I actually have like studied. Especially recently, there's one guy who I got to watch a ton of by default when I was with the New York Jets, so Revis. Number one is Revis. Uh, I, I saw a lot of him, and he was just good. He was just hella good. And it was weird because it was like he wasn't, I know he ran like a 4.38, but he, he didn't really look like he was running 4.38, but he just was just hella good. Like, it, you looked at him, it didn't really look like he lifted weights. Um, he didn't have, like, some crazy footwork, but he, he was just good. It, it's kind of hard to explain, but dude was just good. And to watch him on film and be so technically sound and really be on the island, like, he was really on the island, uh, Reeves Island. All right, so, yeah, Reeves number one. Number two, Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars. Ramsey's just everything I wish I was. <laughs> All right. He is, you know, he's fast. He knows he he knows he can run. He knows he's super athletic. He's a little sassy. And I, I that was the initial word when I was watching him. I'm like, man, this dude's kind of sassy. And I don't think that's really a word that you want to like use when you're talking about another man. But he he dude's a little sassy. But biggest trash talker. Um, I love that. I love that he's a dog. It, it doesn't matter if you beat him. He's going to get right back in your grill. He's talking again. He gets in receiver's head. We saw what happened with him and A.J. Green. And people thought it was funny. A.J. Green, like, walked up behind him and, like, choked him or whatever. But to me, it's like, Ramsey, you won. You you won the battle. You get a receiver to do that, <laughs> you won the battle. All right, so number number two is uh, Jalen Ramsey. Now, number three, this guy's not even in the NFL yet. But, um... I just loved his film. I loved everything about his film. If he would have came out this year, he would have been my CB1. But his name is Bryce Hall from Virginia. All right. So if you guys haven't, or did I do a thread on Bryce Hall? I did do a thread on Bryce Hall against uh, NC State before I knew that he was returning for a senior year. Dude was terrific. Motor was on a 1,000. I mean, just no matter where the ball was going, like he was sprinting to the ball, running to the ball. It, they had a great tandem with him. And um, the safety, Juan Hawthorne. But uh, Bryce Hall, man, he's a good press guy. Terrific off-coverage guy with his size and, and, and the way he is with his feet, man. Like, terrific stuff, man. Terrific stuff. So, um, yeah, Bryce Hall, I'll try to retweet the uh, thread I, I did on him. I'll retweet it on the podcast account. I, I really enjoy watching his film so much that he's, like, number three on my list. All right, number four. Denzel Ward, and and this is, again, this is his college film. Denzel Ward's college film was, man, I was like, dude, this dude, I don't care how tall he is, he could be 5'9". This dude plays big. He's out there smacking big-ass tight ends that are like 6'6", 270, just smacking them. I mean, dude's like 5, you know, he's a shade under 5'11", so he's basically 5'11", 180-something pounds, and he's... Smack laying out big dudes going up playing high point on receivers that are like six five. I mean, it was the most impressive display of just being a dog. And that's my biggest thing. When you're a corner man, you gotta be a dog. And that he was. All right. So Denzel Ward, super dog. Um, loved his film at Ohio State. Haven't watched a ton of him with the Steelers. I've watched a little bit. I mean, with the uh Cleveland Browns, excuse me. I've watched a little bit, but his Ohio State film, that was some good stuff right there, all right? And then the last guy, another college guy I got to watch a lot, Jair Alexander, man. And, and I won't even just say, you know, just watching him against Cooks. Terrific game he had against the Rams. Just 
Just a dog. <laughs> Him and Denzel Ward. Those were my CB1 and CB2s from the 2018 draft class. Um, and, and they played they play tremendous. So uh, those are the five guys who I've enjoyed watching on film the most. When you are selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk, and you can start with a free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for all online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. So just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right, next question. Uh, as a player, how do you feel about some teams lining up their DBs up on the same side every play versus moving them around the field, shadowing receivers? Uh, you know, it. I think it's based on ability. You know, you, you watch the Patriots, they do a lot of matchup stuff, and, and I'm going to get into that, so I don't want to go too in-depth with, with what the Patriots do, but, you know, it, it's just it's really just based on ability. And, and that's why my favorite, like, if I had to choose a size, and I think I explained this on the last podcast, but, you know, I like guys around 5'11 to, you know, 190 pounds because they just move so well, good feet. They're able to, you know, just do a little bit more. And they can still guard big guys. I think people think if you have a 5'11 cornerback, oh, he's just going to struggle against somebody big. Man, if you're going to struggle against somebody big, you're going to struggle against somebody big. It don't matter if you're 6'2", 6'3", or 5'10". Anybody can get it. (laughs) Anybody can get dogged, all right? So I just want somebody who's versatile. He can do it all. And I tend to lean a little bit more towards, you know, smaller guys who are a little bit more, you know, they have a little bit more ability. And then they can line up in more places to answer your question. So there there are some schemes. You We've seen the Seattle cover three scheme where guys just line up on one side. Richard Sherman always line up on that left side. And whoever's opposite him, they line up on that right side. And you don't see too much movement. Every once in a while you would see uh, Sherman move. But I remember, I remember one game a few years back he was playing against uh, the Packers, it was it was the Green Bay versus Seattle, and Richard Sherman wasn't targeted for an entire game. And, and the Seahawks won, but I, I just feel like it's hard to really give a corner that much love when he's not targeted, but he's not shadowing the best receiver. Because if you shadow the best receiver, you will get targeted. Well, go watch Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey is shadowing... Oh, Tyreek Hill, come here. DeAndre Hopkins, come here. I don't care if I win the battle, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on you. I'm going to make it tough on you. So I really like when guys can move around and, and guard the team's best receiver. But some schemes, I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, I I, I will prefer a guy that can move around a little bit. All right, my guy, Scott Geelan, another uh, nothing but Niner guy. He said, uh, most overrated safety, cornerback, and wide receiver, and then underrated for each spot. All right, I, I didn't go with an under uh, overrated safety, but um, I did go with an overrated corner and receiver. All right, and the receiver, the overrated receiver I picked was Jarvis Landry. 
Yeah, Jarvis Landry. I mean, dude's averaging 10 yards a catch for his career. He's reliable. He is tough. But, I mean, for would I pay $15 million a year for him? Hell no. Hell no. You see what they had to go get, Odell Beckham. Like, yeah, they need somebody that can, you know, take the top off. And, you know, um, they went and got Odell. They got Callaway there. You know, he stretches the field as well. So I guess when you look at it in the sense of, you know, Landry does his job, cool. But if I'm paying somebody $15 million, I want him to be able to do a little bit of everything. And they had to go out and pay somebody else $18 million a year to be because Landry is just not that. And not what people think. They see a ton of catches. Um, a lot of it was just kind of fabricated uh, touches. So, yeah, Landry. And then cornerback, Josh Norman. And Norman was always kind of overrated to me. I thought he was a good press bell corner. I thought he had good anticipation. But when it came to just being a sticky man-to-man guy, I never thought he was quite that. So if you just get him and he can play in like a cover four press bell scheme, I think you're fine. But once you kind of get him outside of that, he's not what people thought. And it showed when he got to the Redskins. I don't think they've been happy with signing them in. They paid them all that money. I would have never paid them that I mean, if I were a GM. All right, now, get, get your money. Get your money. So I'm not saying don't pay them, but if I were a GM, I wouldn't have paid them that because I didn't think he was that type of corner. And he went to Washington, and they asked him to do things that he's typically not doing. And, yeah, it gets ugly at times. All right, now, moving on to the, the underrated spots. All right, um, underrated corner, first name that came to my mind was William Jackson. Uh, I, I did a whole thing, you know, asking everybody, you know, their top corners and stuff like that. I probably could have said Byron Jones here, but I went with William Jackson, man. I don't think he's, you know, he's talked about enough. Uh, sound, big corner, good feet, you know, tough matchups. I mean, he just locked down Antonio Brown for like an entire game, man. The, the dudes, he's physical, he's pesky. Uh, I, I really like a lot about William Jackson. So I'm going to go William Jackson, underrated. And then Kevin Byard, uh, safety for Tennessee Titans. I mean, dude has 12 interceptions over the last two years, and interceptions aren't everything, but when you're a safety and you're that over-the-top help, man, dude's flying around, first-team All-Pro, and it's like nobody talks about him. Deion Sanders didn't even know who he was, right? He, he like, tweeted, and Deion was like, oh, you just sit on your chair or whatever, you're an armchair. Deion didn't even know who the dude was, so super underrated, really good safety, does it all, and he takes the ball away, man, and, you know, I'm a 49 fan. We had five total takeaways last year, I believe. Five. This one player had more than the 49ers' entire team. So, super underrated. And then, uh, oh, and, yeah, first team all pro. And then wide receiver, um, underrated. I got Mike Evans, which I think everybody kind of looks at him as a top 10 receiver. But I personally, I look at him as a top four receiver. Like, I, I think he's that good. So I think even though people kind of look at him in high regards, I think he's even better than what people think. So that's why I'm saying he's underrated because I, I think he's damn good. Top four receiver in, 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 in the NFL. And, I mean, it's like, what can't he do? He can run by you. He's hella big. He's super aggressive. I mean, he he's – I talked about Denzel Ward being the dog. This dude is the dog of all dogs, alpha receiver. Um, there's nothing he can't do. Dig, slam, pose. He's a pretty good route runner for somebody that's 6'5", 230 pounds, uh, has exceptional speed that kind of creeps up on you. I know he ran like a 4.5 at the combine, but, man, dude plays faster than that. And that's the biggest thing I always tell people. Like, man, what is – how do they play? Because somebody can run a 4.3, but they don't play that fast. Well, this dude plays fast. And he plays faster than his 40 times. So most most underrated receiver, yep, 
I'm going to say Mike Evans. Now, um, here we go. Jared Huff. Um, Jared Huff 5 said, what are some traits that a corner has to have? Feet, hips, and you would like speed. But, you know, I, I'd say even more so than speed, like say if I'm a five, uh, four, five, five guy, um, great anticipation. If you have great anticipation, you can get by. We, we've seen Sherman get by with having great anticipation, knowing right route uh, concepts. So athleticism is great and it jumps off the screen and you'll get drafted like higher for it. But if I'm watching the film and it's a guy that maybe didn't test as well, I'm looking at, okay, what are these other things that he does extremely well for me to take a chance? In? And the first thing I'm going to look at, fluidity, that's feet, hips, and just movement skills, how it all works together. And then I'm going to look at, you know, what's his like concept uh, versatility? Like, can I play him a man or is he just a zone corner or can he make, is he just a press guy or can he play off? So I'm looking at that. Yeah, and then that anticipation, man, when you put it all together. So uh, those are the things that I would look for in a cornerback. And a lot of times, man, it doesn't take me long to see it. Uh, it doesn't take me long. I see a lot of people be like, oh, why'd you pick this game? It's this dude's worst game. All right, Gilmore. I talked about Gilmore earlier getting beat up on by uh, Corey Davis, right? But Gilmore was right there every step of the way. Like, Corey Davis just made catches. Gilmore was right there. So even in a tough game where, okay, maybe a guy's getting beat, he's right there hanging all on the receiver, you know? So those are things like whether the dude catches the ball or not, I, I can see those those traits in the cornerback, and those are things that I like. So, yeah, that's what I look for in the cornerback. All right, here we go. Next question. Man, you guys brought the questions. I really like it. <laughs> Give me something to talk about. So, Zach Van Dyke, all right, he said, uh, new Jason Verrett video is up. New opinion on his recovery, or do you feel about the same? Oh, because I, I got tagged in him before, and I and I had. Okay, so basically what happened was last year there was video uh, video surfacing of Richard Sherman recovering from his torn Achilles, right? And I remember saying, hey, man, he, he looks good. Like, Richard Sherman looks good to me. Like, I don't see any injury. But my, my guy, Chad, my guy, Chad Hill, he looked and he said, nah, he, he's not 100%. Like, and he started, and he just pointed out a few things. And I was like, well, all right, yeah, whatever. But then I watched the season and I'm like, damn, Richard Sherman isn't 100%. Chad was right. All right, so I saw the red videos. I liked it, but I was a little hesitant this time. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? Let me send these videos to my boy Chad, see what he thinks. And yet again, Chad said, mm, something's not quite right. So, I'm going to give Chad the benefit of the doubt and say that he's right about Verrett. I hope that he's wrong. I hope he's wrong. But as of right now, Chad said he ain't 100%. So I'm going to have to, you know, agree with my dog. All right, here we go. Um, last question. Xavier Pickens. All right, top five uh, DB cores in the league, and why are they the best? All right, so I'm going to start at five, all right? Jaguars. Ramsey and Bouye, enough said. It doesn't matter who's back there at safety. They've gotten some good safety play. Um, do they still got Barry Church? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They got two. They had the best cornerback tandem in the National Football League. All right, so those two on the outside, you got Jalen Ramsey who can shadow receivers. Um, then you can let Bouye just do his thing. That's got to be just off of those two dudes alone, just being such you know good cornerbacks, got to be in the top five. So they are five. And number four, I have the Bengals. Now, if you look on paper, they don't have, like, the best 
numbers, like if you just look at like passing yards allowed, but a lot of it has to do with some scheme and poor linebacker uh, coverage. All right, their outside guys can play. So um, William Jackson, I already talked about how I felt like, you know, he's underrated. Outside of him, you have Drake Patrick, who isn't great, but he's serviceable. He's definitely more than serviceable. And then you have Jesse Bates and Sean Williams at safety. I think both both of them are tremendous, you know, safeties, especially Jesse Bates. So um, Bengals, I have them at four. At number three, I have the Bears. And you have Fuller and Eddie Jackson. They kind of carry that squad. And then you had uh, Prince of Mukamura. They also uh, got a guy in as an undrafted uh, free agent last year that I really liked. And it was Kevin Tolliver from um, LSU. So I, I'm anxious to see him get on the field. But as right now, you have Fuller, you got Prince Mukamura, you got Eddie Jackson, who's one of the best safeties in the league, a tremendous young safety, just ball hog. It seems like every time I'm watching the Bears, he's getting pick six. So, yeah, Bears at number three. At number two, I have the Patriots. And, and they don't have, like, the sexy names outside of Stephon Gilmore. But the way they run their defense and – I probably should include Belichick in, in their defense, all right, when I mention it, just because of the way he draws up schemes. And the reason why I, I speak highly of them, I, I know they have more of a bend but don't break um, approach to what they do. But, I mean, the way they smothered the Rams in the Super Bowl, and if you just watch how they did it, it was just like, hey, these dudes are in sync. It was like all type of man matchup type stuff, man. And it was it, it was some good stuff. I put out a few plays um like a bunch of third down plays and just kind of, it was like, okay, they were, they would go first down zone, second down zone. But once it was third and five, 36, 37, they were manning up and doing some man switch concept stuff, man. And it was, it was some great stuff, man. And just Patrick Chung, I don't think he, you know, I should have mentioned him as underrated safety, man. Like Patrick Chung, he just does his job. Um, good coverage guy is like, seems like whenever they call his name and they really need him, need him to make a play, he does. And he did it several times in the Super Bowl. All right. So I got the Patriots at number two. And at number one, the Ravens, Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson might be the best, uh, safety tandem in the league. And then you have Marlon Humphrey, who's really good. Another, another, uh, underrated corner, young guy out of Alabama. I used to be told that Alabama corners can't cover, but Marlon Humphrey's changing that. Uh, you got Jimmy Smith, uh, Nickel Tavon Young, and, you, and, and they have Carr, who Brandon Carr, who's still uh, contributing and playing um, decent. So, man, just they have a bunch of coverage guys, man. And, and Earl Thomas just puts it over the top. I mean, you've had Weddle for years and for a few years, and, and then now you have Earl Thomas, who I, I still think he's in his prime. I still think he's in his prime. His anticipation at that safety position, man, is it's just crazy. It's crazy. He He's definitely... Uh, one of the he's gonna go down as one of the best, especially single high safeties, ever. So yeah, that's my top five. At five, I had uh Jaguar secondary, four Bengals, three the Bears, two the Patriots. I just love the way they they run their defense, and one I got the Ravens. All right, and shoot, man, that's gonna do it for today's episode, man. I appreciate all the questions. Um, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the listens, man. You guys keep tuning in. Shoot, right back here next week on the Press Coverage Podcast.